Did we lose people? Seems like we're missing people. Is it just me? What? Potty break? We're in the middle of a, of a series talking about maturity and you still say potty. It's okay. Hmm. Oh, I need more Mountain Dew. Hold on. Hmm. No. No. Every so often, everyone's got to ride the bull. Everyone's got to ride the bull. Remember that. All right. Well, welcome to Steadfast tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is week two. I knew there was people missing. I told you. I told you. This is week two in our series, Failure to Thrive. Hope you enjoyed last week. Hope you will enjoy this week. We got to get moving because, man, these are... These are messages, and we only have 35 minutes before it's 9 o'clock. I mentioned last week that failure to thrive is a diagnosis used by pediatricians most commonly for babies who are growing slower than the normal rate that most babies would grow at. And it's a serious diagnosis because when you're first born, that growth is integral to the whole rest of your life. It has to happen. It has to take place in order for kids to become what they're supposed to, to grow into adulthood. Um, but I mentioned also last week that I think there's another stage in life in which growth is very, very integral. And I said it was this college age where all of us basically fall into right now, late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, and that range. That There's a lot of growth that's supposed to happen. But in all reality, a lot of college students are failing to thrive. They're not growing at the correct rate and speed. Um, when a baby is diagnosed with FTT, as it's sometimes called, it's dangerous because it can not only affect its current health, but it can affect its future health. And I really say the exact same thing for you guys tonight, that if we're failing to thrive, it not only can affect your health right now, but it can affect your, your health for the rest, the rest of your life. Um, and perhaps in all reality, all of us are growing at a good physical rate. We're all growing, hopefully at a rate that we enjoy, not at a rate that we don't enjoy. But the physicality of it isn't what I'm talking about, but instead more of our mental, social, and spiritual realms of our body, whether or not we're growing at a good rate. When children are diagnosed with failure to thrive, the first thing, pretty much the first thing that happens, like I said before, is they're put on a high-calorie diet to increase basically their, their caloric intake to a point where they have to grow. And I said that these are the same exact, the same exact feel that I wanted to create in these next three messages. With high calorie messages, lots of information, lots of good practical stuff inside of them to basically help you guys thrive. Um, in all reality, I would say that you're probably getting three months worth of, worth of teaching in three weeks. When I did the estimate of all the different things and how these broke down, you're probably getting three months' worth of teaching in three weeks. There's a lot in these messages. Good to take notes on, good to listen back to, listen over again and look at. Um, great that we're going to have move messages that, that attack these a little bit more because they're big. Man, they're, they're meaty. Um, 
So hopefully the idea is that these three weeks you will grow, calories will stick, and uh, you'll begin to thrive. I'm going to ask you three quick questions, and I don't want you to answer them out loud tonight. I want you to answer them alone in your head, in your little connection with God. Okay? Are you here for God tonight? Do you want to learn tonight? And are you willing to change tonight? You need to answer yes to all three to get the most. People progress through their lives, and um, very, very often they're, they're grabbing for maturity, is what I find, is that especially at a younger age, but even as we grow up, we kind of always reach forward, hoping to be maybe more mature than we really are. And what I find is this, is that people believe that they're going to mature by a few different, few different venues I see a lot of. One is that they think they're going to mature by, by where they go. When I get to junior high, I'm going to be mature. But when I get to high school, you know, then I'm going to be mature. I'm a high schooler. When I graduate high school and I go to college, well, I'm going to be mature then. I'm in college, right? Maybe when I, when I graduate college and I, I go out and I'm an adult, then you know, I'll be mature. Or you know, a lot of times they'll take and they'll put maturity on a special age. When I turn 13, that's a big year, isn't it? If you're Hispanic, when you turn 15, quinceanera. Uh, 16 years old, right? There's, a, there's an amazing power involved with that. Oh, the maturity that comes with 16 years old. I can drive on my own. Nowadays, you might have to wait longer than 16, which is kind of lame, but, you know, or, or 18 years old. I'm, I'm an adult then. That's maturity. When I turn 18, I have, you know, I can go to an R-rated movie if I want to. I can buy tobacco and I can smoke outside of it afterwards, right? You know, I can, take, I can, I can do whatever I want. Maybe 21, isn't that always a really common one for people our age? Man, 21, I can go get wasted if I want to. I can go sit in a bar and get drunk. I don't have the right to go buy this. Really, at 21, you figure, I pretty much have all the rights I'm ever going to have, except for the senior citizen's discount. But, right, I mean, like, that's maturity. 21 years old, no one's going to tell me what to do, man. Except, I think, isn't it still, sometimes you have to be even older than 21 to rent a car? Right? See, so maybe there's a special thing there. 25, I can rent a car. Does anyone go out and just go and just rent cars like crazy when they turn 25? Like they go out and get drunk on 21? Dude, I rented so many cars last night. Oh, dude, you know, right? But they think that this, this special year, right, this special year is going to make them mature. Or maybe they estimate that maturity will set in with the actions that they do. Something like going steady with some, someone from the opposite sex. You know, that's important. Or maybe, you know, it's going all the way. I'll be mature after I go all the way and I've experienced sex. I understand what that's all about and what people are talking about. Maybe something like moving out, huh? Moving out, leaving your parents and stepping out into the great unknown. Yeah, that's maturity. Getting out on my own, just dependent to be all by myself here. How about getting a full-time job? Finally getting that rhythm of life. Or how about getting married? That's a big one, isn't it? You know, I'll be mature when I get married. I have someone else to look out for. A lot of times when I have a kid, right? Finally, when, when I have a son or daughter, well, then I'm going to be mature because you know, I have someone else who's dependent on me. You know, as I search through what maturity is, I realize, though, that these things are not what makes us mature. 
Now, really, our idea and our direction for it is quite wrong. And I want to submit a new direction for what maturity is for you tonight. And it has to do with what we're going to talk about. I want to submit to you this. Maturity is not about milestones. It's about consistency. Maturity is not about milestones. Instead, it's about consistency. It's, about, it's not about accomplishing some sort of feat in order to become mature. You can't do something and then you're mature. You can't accomplish something or succeed in something and then become mature. There are crowds of people, crowds and crowds of people, and the number's getting bigger and bigger, that at a very young age, they get pregnant and they have kids. And we think this is like, well, you have to mature. You have to mature to do that. But it isn't the case. We're seeing generations of students who are basically kids having kids. And you see that there's so many problems, and you know what most of it's always caused by? Inconsistency. If you have a kid, you can't be a dad one day and some punk kid who's partying out with his friends the next day. You have to be consistent and be a dad every single day, don't you? That's what I'm talking about with maturity. It's not about just accomplishing something because that does nothing. Just because you can have a kid doesn't make you mature. It's about the consistency that goes along with that, isn't it? You start to see that. I read the definition for you last week of the word thrive. Really, the whole focus of what we're doing, and I said it was to grow vigorously. But I left out the second definition because I felt it, it worked better with what we're talking about tonight. And it says to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. To thrive. If you look at that definition, it's pretty much a picture of consistency, isn't it? To work forward despite or because of the things around you. Consistency is part of thriving. Consistency is part of thriving. I like in the definition how it talks about despite circumstances. I think that's really, really powerful. That even though some things might not be, you know, perfect, even though some things might be hard, it's despite those things that maturity really takes root. I've read to you before, but I want to read it to you again. Um, in Hebrews, we talked about it during maturity messages, but Hebrews 5, starting in verse 11. And uh, if you want to turn to it, you definitely can. But this is Paul. Wait. No. It might be Paul. It might be Apollos. It might not be Paul. In verse 11, it says this. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths to God, God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. It's one of our verses that we talked about when we talked about maturity, right? The fact that, man, you're supposed to be mature, but you're still being kids. You're still being kids. But I love that term that it uses, constant use. That maturity comes through constant use. Sounds a lot like consistency, doesn't it? Constant, consistent, same type of feel. Being consistent is about being level, balanced in life, no matter what else is going on, whatever your circumstances might be. I believe that one of the true telling characteristics of a mature person is being consistent throughout life. When we're young, think about it, we really go in all different directions, don't we? When we're kids, our emotions, our thoughts, our patterns in life, I mean, they're just 
everywhere, aren't they? You know, one second you love something, the next second you hate it. One second they're your best friend, the next second they're your worst enemy. You know, one second I want to go do this, the next second I don't want to go do that. Man, it's back and forth. Our, our emotions and our directions in life is like a, it's like a explosion, like fireworks, just all different directions, right? But as we become more mature, what happens is those become a lot more uniform, and they become a lot more laid out. And Shelby gave me this picture. She says, you know, as you, as you get more mature, those directions begin to kind of lay out, and she says they begin to kind of form a net. Instead of just exploding in all different directions, they kind of lay out in a pattern, and they become a useful net for basically accomplishing and catching things in our life. In all reality, when you think about it, don't kids miss a lot? I mean, because they're so everywhere, they miss a lot of what's going around you know, in, in their world or what people are doing or what you know, the undercurrent of a conversation is. As you get older, you start to really be able to pick those things up because you're a lot more in tune. I think it has to do with consistency. I know what you're thinking, though. You're thinking, consistency kind of sounds boring, though. Yeah, it's old person stuff, man. Consistent is the same stuff over and over again. But it's not. It really isn't. Consistency isn't just doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's not unimaginative or boring. What you're thinking of is repetition. Repetition. See, that is doing something over and over and over again because of fear or because of comfort. It's easier just to do the same thing over and over again. Or maybe doing the same thing over and over again just for the sake of doing it, right? Because you have to do that, and it's about doing it again and again. Consistency is doing something despite fear, despite comfort, because of a desire to achieve or maintain something in life. In other words, repetition is about the act. Consistency is about the outcome. It's about the finished goal, the product. The definition of consistency is this, and I I love some of these because it kind of changes your view of it. It's not as boring. They use the terms like harmony. Harmony. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? It's about like you can see just kind of that flow in life where things work. Consistency, a harmony, a regularity, or a steady continue, a continuity, continuity. <laughs> it's, it's a hard word to pronounce. But I really like this one. This is one of the this is one of the part direct. I mean, part of the, of the definition for for consistency. It says free from contradiction. I like that a lot. That is a rare aspect in this world anymore, isn't it? To be free from contradiction. That's what consistency is about. It's being pulled away from that. Inside of consistency, there is still room for diversity and creativity. Those things do not disappear. What consistency is more about is about creating a baseline. Creating a baseline. It's not that things can't change. It's not that things can't be creative. But it's about creating that baseline. So I want to go through just a few different areas. A few different areas. Like I said, man, these are thick messages. There's a lot in them. But a few different areas of our life to talk about consistency. If we want to thrive, we have to put consistency in all these areas of our life. And first and foremost, I want to talk about consistent you. Consistent you. Because that's where it begins. 
We can talk about all these other things, but it has to start right here inside of us, doesn't it? You need to get consistent with yourself. And what this takes is it, it takes some soul searching because you have to understand who you are. You have to understand where I've been, where I'm going, and what is it about me that makes me me. And once you do, you basically have to get consistent in your emotions. Because that's really the core of us, isn't it? We talked last week about emotions a little bit. Hopefully I didn't hurt anyone's feelings a little too bad. Talking about appropriateness and emotions. And I, know, I heard some of you guys kind of joking around afterwards, asking people if it was appropriate for you to continue saying you're, you know, is, could I say more about what's going on in my life right now? Which is good. Hey, you know, as long as you guys are catching some of it. But in our emotions, as we get mature, we become more consistent, don't we? You ever hear the old, the old adage, don't cry over spilled milk? what does that mean? It's just spilt milk, right? It's not that big of a deal. A kid will spill their milk and they'll start bawling about it because that was my milk, right? As we get to be an adult, we say, listen, milk is only like, you know, a few dollars a gallon. I only spilt one glass of milk and I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up about it. It's a glass of milk, right? We get consistent with our emotions and we realize a little more where they fit in our life, don't we? As maturity comes through, that'll start to change just a little bit. That's really important. But you know what? It's very applicable as well. Because I said I wanted to be these, message, these messages to be super applicable to our life. And consistency in you is as simple as setting a schedule. Setting a schedule. You guys are becoming mature, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to get busy. You're going to get very busy because there's a lot that's going to want your attention. Take the time to set a schedule for your life. What is important for you to get done in a day? Well, then make time for it. Lay out what has to be done. You know what? I'll even say this. Set an amount of time that you need for sleep and go to bed on time. Yeah, have a bedtime. That sounds crazy to say for a maturity message, right? It sounds like a little kid's message. No. Talk about consistent. Be consistent on getting the correct amount of sleep that you need. If you say, man, I need seven hours of sleep, take and go to bed. Go to bed and get your sleep then. You have to find a consistency. And I want to read an example of this from the Lord. In Mark 1, verse 35, which you don't have to turn there. If you want to, you can. But it says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. As we look through Jesus' life, we see a number of times in which he got up early in the morning, went off by himself, and he prayed. Now, is this just because Jesus is some sort of superhuman? No. He was a man. When he was on earth, he was a man like you or me. But what it was is that he had a consistency, didn't he? He had a pattern in which he followed. He woke up early in the morning on a regular basis in order to do these things. And that's really part of it. As we become consistent, mature, we start to take the things that we do sporadically and we start to make them consistent. And that's what really accomplishes something. Sporadic actions rarely get noticed. But consistent ones do. Consistent ones do. In areas like jobs, ministry, um, school, anything like that, right? Consistency in your work becomes noticeable. Consistency is noticeable. Consistency is how things get done. And let me tell you this much, bosses love it. Bosses love consistency. 
They want to know who you are, what you're about, and they love the fact if you're if you're you are level. If they can trust what they know about you, how you work, everything about they they love that because they don't have to worry about it anymore. Bosses love it. Becoming consistent. You can make a name for yourself. You can make a name for yourself by becoming consistent, believe it or not. Russell, you're all the way in the back tonight, aren't you? We need to hang out more often, Russell. I miss you. But, Russell, if I give you a ball and uh, put you on the free throw line, can you hit it? Can you sink it? You can get it, right? How often can you hit it? Huh? You think so? You think so? There's a guy named Mark. Mark Price. You heard of him? You're a big basketball fan there, Rusty? Mark Price. This is his career free throw record. He hit 2,135 out of 2,362 free throws in his career as the NBA. That averages out to 90.4% of the time he sunk the free throw. For his entire career, 90% of the time he was hitting it. No doubt he got noticed, didn't he? He's still in the record books. And not only that, but when the end of the game came down, who do you think they wanted to get fouled on their team? Mark Price. Because nine chances out of ten, he's going to sink that point, and we don't really have that same kind of record. It stands out, doesn't it? Man, you, that almost seems mind-blowing, isn't it? You're not, eight, you're not eight out of ten. That's BS. If you actually took, took and set you up for a consistent period of time, you'd find out you're probably not that good, but I'm... I mean, but consistency is a cornerstone of sports. Would you not agree, Rusty? You're my sportsman. Consistency is a key in sports. Doing something well is never enough. See, a good athlete can do something well over and over and over and over again. That's what makes them special. Just because Michael Jordan could run up and like dunk from the three-point line or whatever he could do, that's cool. If a person could do it once, that's really cool, and you'd smile about that. But if they can do it every single night, now that's spectacular, isn't it? That's amazing. That consistency, that same precision, that same drive every time, that's what makes it special. Doing things well will get you somewhere in life. But doing things well consistently will take you very, very far. That's what it's really about. When you pair those two together, you're going to become unstoppable. Here's a really, really simple one for you guys. Being really real, be on time. Be on time. Be punctual, okay? At school, in ministry, at work, whatever it is, you're meeting a friend somewhere, be punctual. People who are always on time, you'll stand out as somebody who's consistent. That's very, very cool. It's a great quality to have. Being punctual says the fact that you respect their time and yours. When you're late, it just shows the fact that you respect your time, not theirs, because they're just sitting there waiting for you. But that's a very, very easy way, isn't it? If you are on time every single day for work, people are going to notice you, and they're going to like you for it. Bosses, man, they're going to like that. They're here every single day on time, ready to work. That's going to get you noticed. It's going to make you stand out. But a little more selfishly about the consistent you is this. Do the things that you love on a consistent basis. Do the things that you love on a consistent basis. Be true to yourself. When you find the things that really make you, you, make time for them and do them 
consistently because otherwise you're going to lose yourself. You can get really busy in life and you can get caught up in all different kinds of stuff. Trust me, people will take your time from you, okay? But find the things that you love and what makes you who you are and do them consistently. Consistently take time. More than just ourselves, though, we're not alone in this world. We're surrounded by a whole entire community, aren't we? And you have to become consistent in your relationships as well. This could get tough. This could get tough. Being consistent with our friends and family is extremely important. Extremely important in our relationships. I submit this. Whether you're the most likable person in the world or you're really not that nice, you'll have friends. You'll have friends. But if you're a person who one day is very, very nice and one day is very, very mean, it's going to be hard to keep friends. How many of you guys have a mean friend? Be honest. You have those friends like, they're not that nice of a person. But you know what? You know that they're not that nice of a person. So you don't expect anything better than that, right? You're okay with hanging out with them because I know they're kind of a jerk. They kind of offend me whenever we hang out. They're pretty selfish, but I expect that. But if you're back and forth, back and forth, you'll drive people nuts. Man, be consistent in who you are. Either you're annoying or you're, or you're fun. But just be consistent. And people will at least understand who you are. You won't drive them crazy. It's when you're back and forth, man, they'll just, man, they'll just run. But also in the opposite turn, in the opposite turn of that, be consistent in what your expectations of friends are as well. Be consistent in what your expectations for those people around you are. The same exact thing applies. Um, wouldn't you hate if someone one day is basically your friend and likes everything about you and the next day is tearing you down on that? You know what I mean? You have to be consistent in what you expect out of your friends. If, if you know as a friend that you're completely comfortable with whatever, showing up whatever time and it's cool, and the next time they just like destroy you and they're like, why would you show up five minutes late? And this, You can't keep on changing your expectations. You know, especially as, as we get older and you'll develop relationships where you're really the leader of the relationship because most of the time relationships aren't really 50-50, I'll be completely honest. Sometimes we're more the leader of the relationship. And people need to know what they're expected of. Same thing with boss. If you guys ever become a boss, employees have to know what they're expected of doing. It'll drive them nuts if one day they think they're doing good and one day they don't know because... One day this is, this is good enough, and the next day this is horrible. You have to be consistent in what you expect from people. Then they know how, and you know how they can actually live up to those expectations. More than just that, though, to have consistent relationships, you have to be there. You have to be present. What I mean is this, is that you have to make time for relationships that are important in your life and be part of them on a regular basis. Relationships um, aren't, just about uh, aren't just about quality, as crazy as that sounds. Quality time is great, but a lot of times with relationships, it's also quantity time. It really is. Quality time is, is, is amazing, but even just if you think about like a couple relationship, okay? Whatever, boyfriend, girlfriend, man, wife, whatever it is. Quality times are really, really important. But quantity time is really important too, isn't it? Just being around each other. Because those are really the times that you catch the small little things about each other. You catch the small little nuances of who somebody is. 
Those quality times are special and we can look forward to them. But there's something special about just sitting down and doing nothing, watching TV together as well, isn't there? That's a quality, I mean, a, a quantity time that really shows your investment, doesn't it? There's something to do with that. That's dedication. So you have to also give, qual- give quantity. I keep on switching those in my, in my mind. You have to give quantity to it as well. If you don't consistently be part of these deep relationships in your life, you'll find yourself losing them. You'll find them slipping out of your hands. Um, you have to take time. Take time to meet with them. Even though you're busy, because I know you guys are busy, I'm busy too, take time to return a phone call. Even though it's hard and you have to put something else aside, call somebody back, return their phone call. And if you have relationships where people really mean something to you, tell them every so often. Don't just let it go unheard. Every so often stop and say, you know, you really do mean a lot to me. I just wanted to let you know that. It's important. Be consistent with those things. More so, there's more. I'm telling you, this is, these, are, these are fat messages. There's more. Walk your talk to be consistent in relationships. James 5.12. James, I love that book. So darn good. Read it, read it, read it. It says this in James 5.12. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no, or you will be condemned. What James is talking about is that if you say yes, you better follow it up with an action of yes. If you say no, then mean it. Don't back down on that five minutes later. What he's saying is that your words and your actions have to go together. Don't lie to people by telling them you're going to do something and not doing it. There's plenty of this in the world, isn't there? People who talk really big but don't actually back it up. Kind of, we did that whole show of hands thing a second ago. How many of you guys have friends who are talkers and not walkers? Yeah, right? They'll say plenty of stuff and they'll tell you plenty of stuff about how they want to be there or, or be part of your life or be there for you, be friends, whatever it might be, but they don't really do it, do they? No, and that gets annoying. If you're going to talk, make sure you back it up with action as well. Um, and last but not least, be someone's consistent friend. Um, and this is really cool. There's so much inconsistency in the world that being consistent in a relationship will make you very, very attractive as a friend. Very attractive as a friend. If you're there for them on a regular basis, if you aren't a person who's all over the world, but you have a a pretty baseline um, relationship with them, man, they'll love you. I have a friend, and uh, stuff will go wrong in her life, all these different things, and it always sweeps back to me because I'm that consistent baseline. Been her friend forever, as long as she can remember, and it's always, it comes back to me, hey, and she'll want to tell me her problems just because I'm always there. I'm a solid piece of her life that doesn't change when everything else is falling apart. I'm still there, the same person who I've always been. And that really, really is attractive to people when you look at a relationship. So be somebody's solid friend. Be that person who doesn't change and doesn't, you know, one day like the person, one day, you know, not. One day accept their phone call, one day not. Be that solid friend. It's very special. And definitely, uh, moving on here, this is not the least. This is what I've been just anxious about talking about the entire time when I start thinking about consistency, is that you must have a consistent faith. 
This is the part I want to talk about the whole time. As I was saying, this, these could be multiple messages. I could spend, I could probably do like a five-part series on consistent faith because there's so much to do with that. And I'm not going to talk about it for the next few hours. I'm just going to talk about it for the next few minutes. Um, but there's a lot in this. After a person has given their life to Christ, which, I mean, that's the, that's the baseline where we're starting at from this. You know, the, the basic story of the fact that all of us have sinned, which is just basically not living up to everything that God has for us. The wages of sin is death. We've earned, we've earned death. But then God, through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, says he gives us a gift of eternal life. Accepting Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross and making him the Lord of our life, which is like the commander of our life, he says that he gives us eternal life as a gift. Gifts aren't earned. They're just given to you for free. So coming from that baseline that you've accepted that gift in your own life and said, I believe that, that Christ is my Lord and uh, I'm going to live that, after that moment, I can honestly say that probably the most important thing in your faith is consistency. The most important thing in your faith from that moment on is consistency. I sometimes think that God must really, really get annoyed with us because he's constant and he's everlasting. So us living maybe a hundred years is very small, but then our emotions changing back and forth so often have to just look like insanity, don't they? I mean, he is the same God that he always has been and always will be. How fast we change our minds has to just be crazy to him, right? Almost ununderstandable. So I say this, that when you start to be consistent, I believe you're starting to develop kind of a God characteristic in your life. A God characteristic in your life. Um, Luke 9, 23. This is Jesus talking. He says this. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus Christ's word to his disciples, he says, if you want to follow me, every day you've got to pick up your cross, which basically means like that, that burden in your life, like Jesus had to carry, and you have to follow me. What does that mean? It means that we have to be consistent. It means that every single day we must deny our sinful nature, that every day we must fight to honor God with our life. Every single day. We can't mess around with sin every day of the week except for the one that we go to church. Yeah, we can't play with sin every single day of the week except for that one day that we go to church and then say, well, today's Sunday. I probably shouldn't do that. No, no. It's about being consistent. Saying you're sorry on Sunday, or in your case, maybe just Thursday, doesn't matter unless you back it up on Monday or, in your case, Friday. Consistency in what you say to what your actions are. I want to say this. You can't compartmentalize your life. Consistency runs throughout. And, and this goes a lot deeper than maybe even a lot of us are thinking because it even means as we really, really try to please God, really letting that run through all the veins of our body. I mean, even like this. We say, you know what? I'm not going to look at pornography anymore because I'm a Christian. A lot of guys struggle with pornography, okay? Um, I'm not going to look at pornography anymore because I'm a Christian. But, but... I'm still going to watch nasty horror films and foul 
dirty language films and things that have plenty of sexual innuendo, that's okay. Does that seem consistent? Does the original thought really seem consistently played out, or is it just compartmentalized in that? Or maybe people saying, you know what, I'm not going to curse anymore because I'm a Christian, and I don't believe that I'm supposed to say those things, but I'm still going to take pleasure in listening to music that says horrifying lyrics. Man, in which every different curse word is dropped, horrifying things are said, um, explicit language. Consistency needs to be worked throughout. And let me tell you, I struggle with it too. I struggle with it too. I'm not trying to approach this from, hey, I have this all figured out and you guys need to figure it out. Uh, I'm just asking a question here. That doesn't look like consistency, does it? And there's things in my own life where I say, I'm not being consistent in what I'm saying and how I'm living it out. I need to change some things. We need to show God our love for him by our actions every, every day. Show God that we love him by our actions every day. And I mean simple things like this, making time to read God's word. Every day. Every day. I gave you guys a cool thing a while back. I, I, I came up with the five strive. You know what? You can make it the two strive or the one strive for all I care. I made the five strive. It was to read five chapters of the Bible every day. Five chapters is really cool. You can read the Bible in eight months. Five chapters a day, that's simple. You can read the Bible in eight months. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? But even just saying, you know what, I'm just going to read one chapter a day. That's cool, but make it consistent. Don't say you're going to do it, then do it one day, skip for a week, do it another day, skip for a month, do it another day. Make it every single day. When a doctor gives you medicine, does he tell you, okay, take one a day, wait 10 days, then take another one, then wait two days, take another one, then wait a month, take another one, then take three the next day, then wait another month, and then take another No, it's about consistency, isn't it? Every single day, a steady dosage of what's going to change your life. The same thing with our Bible reading. Make time to pray and be with God every single day. I introduced a while back the garden. It's uh, part from the Bible, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus says to Peter, he says, couldn't you wait for one hour? And he was saying, could we try to give one hour to God a day? A whole hour, That's, that sounds big, right? But an hour to praise God? to read his word, to thank him, to pray to him. An hour really isn't that much time, isn't it? Or how about this? This one's simple. Just go to church consistently. Okay? As a believer, you're meant to be part of the church. You're meant to be part of it. That's how God set it up from the very beginning. You can't go once a year, okay, and say you go to church. No, you don't. You don't go to church. You went to church once. You're not going to church. You know, I even say this. You can't go once a month, okay? That's not enough. You've got to be consistently, okay, consistently with a group of believers. You have to make that a priority on a regular basis. That's how things are going to happen. Like I said, sporadic actions don't get noticed. Consistent ones do. Work hard at whatever God has given you in life. Luke 16.10, it says this. Pretty cool verse says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Very simple verse. But what it's basically saying is if you can't be consistent with the little things I give you, do you think you're going to be consistent with the big things I give you? What I mean is our relationship with God, right? We ask for big things from God, don't we? We want miracles. 
We want great things to happen. You know, we're praying for that special someone in our life or something like that, right? But God says, you can't even be consistent with what I gave you, man. <laughs> you know, I gave you a friend. I gave you a relationship. I gave you a place to go to church. I gave you, the, I gave you, you know, my word, and you can't even be consistent in that. Why would I give you something bigger? Why would I give you something bigger? You have to be consistent in the small things. And that really plays throughout, even our ministry. No one is just starts day one as an amazing preacher, some like Billy Graham, okay? Starts with being consistent in what you're given. What do you do? You help clean up after steadfast tonight? Be consistent in it. Don't do it one week and then not do it for months. Are you on coffee? Do you do sound? Are you here helping? You know, what are you doing? Well, then be consistent in what God has given you. Do it on a regular basis. Finally, though, this, to have consistent faith, you have to get a consistent soul. A consistent soul. What this is, is it's having a soul that knows that there's one truth, and it doesn't always waver back and forth on a daily basis. Benjamin Disraeli, he was the um, prime minister of England for a while. He says, a consistent soul believes in destiny, a capricious one in chance. A consistent soul believes in destiny, a capricious one in chance. We believe in destiny, if you're a Christian. We believe that there's great things marked out for us in the future, that God has plans for our life, that we are destined for great things to happen. It means your soul should be consistent. It shouldn't be so capricious. You need to work on your faith and develop a true belief. Hebrews 5 that we started with, it said constant use, didn't it? Constant use of your faith. And Revelations 3, 15 through 16 says this. It says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. It's a cool verse. I've heard it plenty of different times, but it really applies. What it's saying is the fact is that you have to understand, are you either on fire for God or are you cold to him? Stop playing both sides. I hate that inconsistency. Um, and it's not the fact, like I was saying, this consistent soul, it's not the fact that you're not going to have doubts. Because you will. There will be times that you're going to doubt and think, is this really real? That's going to happen, and it's not that you don't have a consistent soul and that you're failing God. But what it is is that the frequency becomes smaller. You guys ever seen like a sine wave frequency, Right? A really large frequency has a really high top and a really low low. But as the frequency gets tighter and tighter, the high and the low gets smaller and smaller and becomes more like a straight line. That's what our relationship with God becomes as we get more consistent, as we get a more consistent soul. There's still moments of doubt, but it's not top of the mountain, bottom of the, you know, bottom of the valley. It's more of a consistent and it becomes more of a straight line. It's not so much up and down. Not so much up and down. Consistent faith is what will change your life and what will change the world. Inconsistency will not. This cool story I heard a long time ago. I actually think Russell's the one that told me it, which is kind of funny. Um, but it's this guy, and he's walking on this fence. Okay, He's balancing on top of this fence, walking. And God is on one side, and Satan is on the other. And he's just balancing on this fence, trying to walk it as best as he can. And God keep on, keep, keeps on saying, come on, come on, come on. And God just keeps walking this fence. After a while, Satan walks up and he says, what's going on? He says, I'm just trying to walk this fence. He says, kind of stay right on this line. He says, 
is I'm just kind of worried to go either way. Satan says, well, it's okay. It's my fence. It's on my property. Satan is the fact that this guy thought that he was balancing between God's property and Satan's, but he was fully on, God, on Satan's property. Walking the fence isn't really walking the fence. Walking the fence is being on the wrong side. You can't do that. It's about making a consistent soul and deciding what you believe and sticking to it and really, really working through it. Have you caught some calories tonight? Put on a little weight. There's a lot in it, but hopefully it was tasty. Lots and lots of things in there. Please do not fail to thrive. Please do not fail to thrive, but take these these small bits of wisdom from God's Word and really apply them to your life and take them in. Just to finish, like I said this, if, if everything in this message boils down to one thing, maturity is not about milestones, but it's about consistency. It's about that steadiness. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Um, thank you for the rain, God, as loud as it is. Uh, I just pray to you that uh, you just help us, Lord, to become consistent, which I just believe is a characteristic of who you are. Um, help us to not be so back and forth, but just to get a steadiness in our lives, Lord God, which will, which will help us to become all of what we have to be, Lord God. As we get more consistent, that greater things will come in our lives. As we get consistent with the small things that you've given to us, Lord, bigger things will be given to us. I just thank you, Lord God, for the change in our hearts. And I just thank you, Lord, um, that I believe these things are going to rest inside of us and not just disappear tomorrow. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.